Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and your host for this podcast series. This is episode 123 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is tarot and shadow work. And my very special guest is my friend and co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times, uh, which is coming out July 1st, Shaheen Miro. Hello, Shaheen. Hi, Teresa. Thank you for having me here. I'm so excited to talk about this topic uh, because it really is a lot of what we're talking about in Tarot for Troubled Times. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think it's a conversation that's happening through a lot of different um, parts of tarot and in this whole community. So it's a big, it's a big topic. It is. And, you know, I think, and we've had discussions about this too, there's a lot of really dark things that have been happening in the world. And yeah. I think that that is really creating a place for people to start questioning, like some of the big heavy stuff that's happening in the world, but also the heavy stuff that's happening within ourselves. So it almost feels now that people are looking to understand um, the dark side of themselves, the dark side of what's happening in the world. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things I've felt for a really long time is that we are in a time of collective shadow work. And all of these things that are happening in the world, they're dark and they're scary. And some of them feel... um, just completely daunting. Like there's nothing you can do about it. But the thing is like, they're not new. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them have been happening for a very long time. A lot of the specific issues that we're dealing with have been happening for a very long time. And it's just now that we're facing it. And so when you face something so head on, you have to make a choice. And that's, I think where we're at, we're at a place where we have to make choices. We can't stick our head in the sand anymore. Right on. And, you know, for people who don't understand what shadow is, what, what is the shadow? When people talk about shadow and shadow work, what do they mean? My perspective of it is the shadow is sort of the unloved, unacknowledged, unaccepted parts of who you are. And, um, you know, so the those parts in and of themselves aren't bad. You know, that could be um, something as simple as, your shadow self could be your self image, your, you know, how you see your physical body because someone has shamed you. And so you, now you carry that, um, with you. And instead of it becoming, you know, a a blessing for you, now it's something that's become a shadow. It's something you've disowned and disconnected from. And does that make sense? It does. And, and, you know, it's oftentimes I find it's the shadow gets formed very early in life. Absolutely. And I think that's why most of us um, don't even, you know, right away, we're like, well, what is the shadow? I don't even know what that is, because we don't even realize how, how much um, baggage or stuff we have floating around us or that we're holding on to in our, I guess, in our subconscious mind and our souls um, that are from experiences from childhood or things that may not have even seemed significant. You know, I I can think back in my own life to conversations or even criticisms that were Mm -hmm. meant in a constructive way from a friend or a family member 
that were really benign, you know, they weren't something that was meant to be hurtful that still to this day, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 years later, I'm like, that still really hurts me, you know, and that's a shadow part. Mm -hmm. And those kind of things, it's like they snowball. It's like all the other little prickly things and experiences that you have that sort of, um, exasperate that they just accumulate and accumulate until, you know, for some of us, they weigh us down and we become, I don't want to say controlled by our shadow, but I guess that's the best way to put it. Right on. So then why would we want to work with the shadow? I mean, you know, most of us, when we think about dark things, especially I think with tarot and like the spiritual industry, a lot of it's this love and light thing and only positive vibes. So Mm -hmm. why would somebody even want to begin to do shadow work in your opinion? In my opinion, it's because our, you know, I'm a, I'm not a love and light and that's the only thing kind of person, but I am a very positive person and I'm a very optimistic person. And for me, I am that way because of the dark things that I've gone through Mm -hmm. because of the heavy experiences that I've had. And I have a fundamental belief that we are meant to, to thrive. And, you know, I believe that we are, um, intrinsically whole, I guess. And so when we work with the shadow and we heal the shadow, it's like parting the clouds so that, so that the light can come through. Um, I think the reason why the love and light thing is so blah (laughs) is because it's, it's polarizing, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like life isn't black and white. There are all these different levels and layers of experience. So when we work with the shadow, um, it's not so that we can get rid of the bad and just get to the good. It's so that we can really become more um, whole, I guess is the way to put it. I love that. And I think it's so important not to um, dismiss those sides of ourselves that are shadowy, that are difficult, because that part of ourselves really longs to be acknowledged. And it it has to be acknowledged. You know, you can't always be... I always like to say nobody's all good or all bad. You know, like yep. even when we see people who maybe they've created, they've done a horrendous crime, or maybe we might see them as a public figure that's really terrible. To other people, they might be somebody that they do wonderful things that maybe we don't see. Absolutely. And I think that's so essential. And I think even for ourselves, you know, I'm sure, for example, like, um, you are a business owner and a woman and you are very, um, you're very bold and you speak your mind and you're very certain about who you are in another role that might be very much, um, a burden to you. You know, people might make you feel bad about that or guilty about that or shame you because of that. And a lot of us, if we're told those kind of things, it breaks us down. And, um, you know, we think of those parts of us as a weakness and really a lot of times there are strengths, you know, those things that people, because our society is founded on this idea of domination, of dominating and manipulating other people. That's how we've been taught to be powerful. And there's another way of being powerful and it's empowering yourself and realizing that you have all the things you need. And when you venerate those, you can live your best life, you know? And so, yeah, a lot of times the shadow is where all the juicy stuff lies, Uh you know? I mean, like for me, like in my experience as a gay man, um, that could be a really big 
you know, wound for me. And I have lots of friends who are wounded by their, their sexuality or their gender identity. And they've been shamed because of that by their family or by society or their communities. And for me, it's like, I feel like my, I don't want to say my sexuality, but my identity is like my superpower, Uh you know, like when I get to put on like my platforms or like my, you know, my first stole or whatever, I feel so empowered. I was at a coffee shop last night in this beautiful black man who, you know, had tattoos and a cutoff t-shirt. He was sitting next to me and I, I stood up to get a drink or something. And he was like, you are killing it. <laughs> and he was like, you're killing it. He was like, yes, queen. And I was like, thank you. And he was like, don't you ever let anybody stop you from being who you are, you know? And I was like, thank you. Thank yeah. you for like being from a whole different world and seeing that and acknowledging that. And, um, but I think that's what happens when we see the parts of us that we usually, um, want to turn away from, or we feel embarrassed by or ashamed of when we learn to venerate those, we become stronger, we become empowered and we become, I don't want to say lighter, but we become more magnetic, more shiny mm-hmm. and other people will pick up on that and they right. will, they will try to lift you up. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but they will. Mm-hmm. I agree a hundred percent. I find that, you know, when we deny those parts of ourselves, what we do then is we do not come off as authentic. Yes. Exactly. And that's why when someone's too much of that love and light stuff, now this is my Scorpio moon, of course, I'm suspicious right away. It's like, what are you hiding? (laughs) What is wrong with admitting to some indulgences or some negative part of yourself? You know, one of the things that my shadow side is anger. You know, Mm -hmm. I have a ferocious temper. You rarely see it now because, you know, I'm getting old and I'm mellowing out and I've also done a lot of work around it. But it's there and that anger... When it's expressed negatively, it's very volcanic. But now the way it's showing up with me is like I take a stand on things. I'm not afraid to go out and say something. And, you know, that still makes people mad or uncomfortable. But that's a very productive way of working with that shadow side. The shadow side can be productive. Absolutely. It's like, you know, you just said like your anger became a gift because that's becomes the the fire, the driving force Mm -hmm. to get you to do something. And I think that's the big part of shadow work. It's not like, Oh, I'm going to like face all of these negative things, like look myself in the eyes and be like, you know, you're beautiful and that's it. It's like, no, you look at the things that you have, um, disconnected from and that you've been whatever guilted, shamed, embarrassed by, um, whatever's become your shadow, you, you befriend it and it gives you that gift so that you can use it. You learn to take it into your world and do something with it. Absolutely. And oftentimes, you know, when we've been made to feel ashamed of something, when we do the work around that, it can become a way for us to be compassionate towards ourselves, like to make friends with ourselves, Mm -hmm. but also, we can more understand other people who are going through things. And when we deal with our own work, well, we can show up and be compassionate for them. And, you know, that's probably one of the biggest tools that I've used or one of the most healing things I've found is as I grow and heal and just become more aware of who I am and and the wounds that I've had, I start to see the people that have hurt me. And I, I have more compassion for them because I realize 
if you hurt me on purpose, you hurt me because you were hurting. Mm -hmm. And if you hurt me unknowingly, then it's because you don't, you didn't have the awareness of yourself to be aware of me. Mm -hmm. And that I think as someone who does the kind of work that we do, where we're being in service to other people and helping them find clarity and answers and direction and all of those things makes me really sad for the world because I'm like, Oh my God, people need help. People need someone to, to kind of hold this space for them and, you know, give them this knowledge and this information because with it, we can, we can all be empowered. Right. And when we do the work, then we can do the work for others. Yeah, we can help them do their work. So it's so important. It's important, especially for people who do choose, in my opinion, uh, a spiritual line of work that they do a lot of work around their shadow work, which is ongoing. Because oftentimes what I found, at least through my work, is that I tend to sometimes attract people who have a lot of the same things that I've dealt with. It's almost like they can kind of sense that. That I'm the person who's been there, I've done it, maybe I can help them with that. So again, when we do our work as spiritual um, service providers, we are able to really show up for our clients and the people who come to us for help, really ready to help them. Absolutely. And and I think that is a, a beautiful thing about doing the work that we do, because it does, you, you get to have compassion for people and you get to let them know it's not me telling you I'll do this. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I've gone through this and I'm Mm -hmm. going through it with you. And, um, it helps build a bridge. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of times when people go to, um, a spiritual worker, whether it's a a reader, um, or an energy worker, or even when they do something more traditional, like go to a therapist, sometimes it feels like there's a line in the sand, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, Oh, I'm the person that's broken and you're the person that is whole and you have the answers and you're going to fix me. And it's like, that's not really how it works. But I think that we, we are doing this work for ourselves and we, obviously aren't completely healed or whole people, you know, like we all have our process that we're still going through, but we have a little bit more tool, you know, more tools, I guess, to share. And so it helps bridge that gap again, you know, or helps, that helps us all see that we're interconnected, you know? Right, 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 right. It's like, we, we can walk a mile in each other's shoes if we, um, choose to like recognize that. So to speak. Yeah. And I think that we need to choose to recognize that more. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's an understatement of the year. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about how tarot might help with shadow work. How might a tarot reading help somebody with shadow work, in your opinion? Mm, Well, I so now this is my perspective of how a reading works. But when I'm doing a reading, um, I'm looking at a person's energetic story. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we're all telling an energetic story and it is the amalgamation of our thoughts, our ideas, our beliefs about the world and, and how the world responds to us. And so when you're doing a reading or when I'm doing a reading, I'm looking at that energetic story. I'm looking at all the parts and pieces and that gives me the ability to see, um, the bigger picture, to see mm-hmm. the blind spots, to see things, excuse me, see things objectively that, you're not able to see for yourself because you're in the trenches. 
And a lot of times what I find is that people get to hear their own story in a way that they can, they can look at it and they can understand it, which a lot of times means they get to hear parts of their life that maybe are a little bit more uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, they are those shadowed parts, those blocked parts, those resistant parts, but the power of it is that they now get to look at it and they get to do something with it instead of feeling like they're just being crushed under it. Right on. And I think tarot, one of the ways that it really helps people is because it is really visual and you can look at those images and you can get an idea um, kind of like those ink blots that therapists use. You know what I mean? They pull out the ink blot, you look at it, you see what you see in it. Well, what does that symbol mean? It's the same with tarot. Absolutely. And I, I think that the visual component is really powerful. And the way that the cards are playing together, mm-hmm. you know, I think is really helpful for people. I, and I know you've done this when you're reading for people. You'll turn a card over if you're in person and someone will say, oh my God, that's exactly what I'm going through. Yeah. Even if they don't know anything about it. Or the other thing I love is when I turn a card over, if I'm in person and someone will say, oh, that's a good card or, oh, that's a bad one. And I'll say, well, why? Mm-hmm. Why? You know, (laughs) because I want to know, well, what made you think it was good or bad? Obviously, you're not the one doing the reading. So Mm -hmm. I love that it's not, I don't mean that in a a mean way, but it's like, so that obviously stood out to you in a really, um, you know, specific, for a specific reason. So what was it? And that gives you clues. So yeah. Yeah, that helps people to tap in. You know, that reminds me, there's an exercise that I like to do when I teach people tarot. Mm-hmm. And it's very much around this whole thing. It's called good cop, bad cop. Mm-hmm. And what I love to do is look at a tarot card, and we look at the good side and the negative side of it. So, for example, let's think about the sun. Well, of course, when people see the sun, I love seeing the sun because it's, you know, the card of positivity and abundance and creativity. But there's a shadow side to it. And we've talked about this in our book, Tarot for Troubled Times. What is the shadow side of the sun? Well, the sun can mean a refusal to acknowledge the dark, a Pollyanna attitude or naivety. And then when we look at the devil, which is the ultimate shadow card, and a lot of people, and you know this, people see that in a tarot reading, they're like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, they think the worst. But there's a positive side to the devil too. The devil card shows us where we've gotten ourselves into situations. And when we recognize where we've gotten ourselves into situations that are unhealthy, well, that's the key to finding our way out. And that's the positive side of the devil. So let's play with this for a moment. Um, So let's say we pick the eight of pentacles. In your opinion, what would be the good side of this? And what would be the negative side? Let's look at the shadow of both. Yeah. So the shadow side of the eight of pentacles, my first thing would be that you're overworking or maybe you're obsessing over something, you know, or maybe you're too detail oriented. I mean, that's just like off the top of my head, just, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how I see that showing up. Yeah. And, you know, and again, it's always a card that, you know, we we tend to look at it as a positive thing. Like, oh, my God, you know, I'm just doing my job and I'm doing great and receiving rewards. And then when we see something like the five of cups, which is one of the bummer cards of the tarot, you know, my favorite cards. It's one of your favorites. (laughs) Yeah. I want to know why. Okay, tell me why. It's one of my favorite cards because 
most people, when they come to a reading, they're in a negative place. I mean, I'm not going to say they're in a negative place, but most people, they want something to lift them up. And so a lot of times when this card shows up, this people look at this and I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly how I feel. And I always say to them, but look at those two little cups behind there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you feel like everything's lost and yet there is so much there for you. And all you got to do is pick up these other two cups, drink from them and cross that bridge on to that other side where there's lots of good stuff. It's just such a card of hope to me. I love that you see that in this card because so many people, when that card pops out, they're like, oh my God, that means something terrible. So that's such an empowering thing. So let's talk for a moment about this also, you know, so let's say somebody is coming to you and they're coming and they're dealing with something really heavy. Let's say they're dealing with something like grief. They lost a loved one. Yeah. And of course, we never, ever want to diminish their grief and say those, one thing I hate are those platitudes like, oh, everything happens for a reason, or you'll get through this in time. You know, there's a book by Megan Devine called It's Okay That You're Not Okay, which is about grieving. I think everyone should read it, um, because it really does show that there's not one size fit all, and those platitudes don't work. So let's say we have someone who comes in, they're Mm -hmm. grieving, they lost a loved one. The Five of Cups is the card they pull. So what would be your advice on how to advise and help the person deal with grief, which is a heavy shadow work, Mm -hmm. and about working with this card? I think the first thing I would say is because when you're dealing with something difficult, like grief, you know, our society really pushes us to like get to the other side of whatever you're experiencing. And so the first thing I would say is, you know, be where you are. You're sad. You've lost someone. Your heart's broken. I know it doesn't feel good, but like, let yourself be in that space and, and ask yourself, you know, what do I need right now? you know, maybe you need to feel your heart breaking a little bit. Maybe you need to, to go through all of that loss. Maybe you need to see the last drop spill out of that cup in order for you to, to go through your process. And then, you know, I would invite that person when they feel ready. I would just say, you know, it's there for you to look at the other blessings in your life or to look at the other parts of your life. And so for example, and I'm obviously, this is just a, um, hypothetical thing, but I might say like, if it's a mother who Mm -hmm. lost her husband, I would say, you know, be with the loss of your husband, but remember you still have your children. Mm -hmm. There are those two cups behind, behind you. What if they lose a child? So then maybe it's, you know, same idea, you know, you've lost, you've lost your child and no one's ever going to replace that, that person to you. But, you know, maybe it's time to, um, let your family help you a little bit more. Let them come in. Let someone else be a part of your process. Share your emotions. Talk about them. Let yourself spill out maybe. You know, I think that um, for me, so one thing that I do always look for is the action step. What can I do with this? Mm-hmm. You know, I think in a reading, you're acknowledging, especially in a, in a situation like that, you're acknowledging the pain, um, the the grief, the experience that the person's going through, and then you're looking for an action step. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to say it's something that they have to do, but it's like, here's an invitation for you when you're ready to go to the next place. And so in that card specifically, like what a, what a great card to come up in a Mm -hmm. grief type of reading, because then you also have the bridge to the other side, you know? So even just letting that person know, you know, when you feel ready, 
there's, there's other places for you to go. There's other things left for you to do, but that's when you're ready. You know, it's your process. So, so I guess in that way, it's like, yeah, I don't like the whole idea of platitudes. Like you're going to get over, you'll get through this or God doesn't give you more than you can handle kind of thing. But I do still think it's important to let people know that there is life is still happening. Life is still moving around you and you get to choose how to engage with that, but don't let anybody else push you into it. Right on. I think that's important. And that's a beautiful way to work with something like the situation that we just described. You know, and there's oftentimes when you're a professional reader, especially, you're going to be dealing with a lot of really heavy stuff. One of the things that we wrote about in Tarot for Troubled Times is, you know, about working with your birth card energy to really find a way to show up in the world, no matter what's happening in the world, in the way that's best suited for you. So the birth cards is something that, you know, Mary Greer wrote about in her book, who are you in the tarot? It's such a great book. Every every tarot person should have it. And that formed a lot of the basis around our um, birth card work in Tarot for Troubled Times, the information that we've learned from Mary. Um, you know, so if we look at our birth cards, so the way you get the birth card for people who are listening, Mary and I did an episode on Tarot Bites earlier on this. You add up your birthday. And mm-hmm. then you add up, like if your birthday was, you know, March 1st, 1970, you would add up three plus one, plus one, plus nine, plus seven, plus zero. And then you would get that number. Now, my birth uh, card adds up to the number 11. And it, often, it and I can choose to reduce it to the number two. But when we look at the number 11, it is the justice card. Mm-hmm. And so what is justice all about? It means, well, justice is very important to me. Fairness is important to me. And I can choose, you know, when there's something happening in the world to get involved and maybe perhaps shape laws. But what happens when I go to the negative side? It can become self-righteousness. It can become, you know, somebody who is um, maybe perhaps um, not seeing all sides of the coin. That can be the negative, the shadow side. So let's choose another example. What is your birth card, Shaheen? My birth card is the lovers. Mm, That's my husband's too. Yeah, the lovers. And was the other one the devil? Is that what it is? It might be. Well, yeah, but, the devil is, is 15. Yep, yep. So, which was really interesting for me, because when I think of the lovers, I think about choices and connections. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, that really shows up in the fact that I work with people, I connect with people, I help people, you know, through readings. And really just in my life, I'm one of those people that I can be in the shampoo aisle at the drugstore, minding my own business at midnight and someone randomly will come up and talk to me, mm-hmm. you know, and like want to tell me a story about something for no reason. And so I realized there's a lot of power in ca- making connections with people. And, um, but I think that the lovers can be, um, a card that, and I'm again, speaking from my own filter, I guess, or from my own perspective of it. But, um, I think it can be a card that's about, um, manipulation in a way, which is the devil coming in, Uh you know, coming into it, um, manipulation, or, um, it could be about obsession. Uh Um, so those are, you know, those are ways that that could show up. And, um, again, I think that when you look at your birth card, you're looking for 
how is this, what is, what is the positive? Like, how can I use this constructively? And if left to my own devices, what would happen with this kind Uh of thing? You know, and I think even when you were talking about anger and dealing with Uh anger, like that makes sense with justice. Right. Absolutely. Self-righteous anger. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't very productive, by the way. That that could lead to a lot of like very, very dumb things. So, you know, I was just thinking of something and this is like, uh, I'm just bringing this on you. So we didn't talk about this in the book, but I think this is a really fun thing. So you heard it here first, folks. you could calculate a birth card for a particular experience in time. So if there's an anniversary of say, um, a trauma that you went through or, or whatever, you could get more information about that experience and, and what that has gifted you with and what it's maybe burdened you with. That's a really brilliant idea, and that may be something to explore on a future podcast. Yes. So let's keep that in mind. I love the idea of time traveling through tarot. Me too. Oh, my God. So you just spurred a whole new idea. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. So I want to finish off by saying one thing. I think this is going to be an episode that gets a lot of people really thinking. Um, You know, you and I both know that you cannot use tarot as a crutch or a substitute for therapy or legal or financial advice or none of that stuff. You know, it's just another way to help you when you're dealing with sometimes really heavy stuff. But what are some of your other favorite healing modalities that you recommend for your clients when they're going through some heavy shadow work? I mean, we talk about it in the book, but can you tell a few of your favorite things? Well, one of the things we talk about in the book, which I really love is um, EFT or emotional freedom technique, which is, um, is all about tapping meridians on the body. And the thing I love about this is it's something that's so simple. You know, you're literally just tapping a place. And actually, people do this without even realizing what they're doing. You know, if you see people who are nervous, sometimes they'll like tap themselves and mm-hmm. or even just touch parts of their body. Um, and that's releasing energy that's stuck in the body. So that's a really helpful um, technique to use. And, you know, even if you don't know anything about that in particular, I always tell people, notice what's happening in your body and acknowledge that part of your body. Uh, you know, if like your leg is hurting and you know, you know that there's nothing wrong with it. Cause you should go to the doctor. and one of those people who's like, <laughs> get everything checked out. Um, then love on it a little bit. Talk to it. My other favorite thing is I always tell people, give yourself a hug. (laughs) Right. You know, like give yourself a hug or I always kiss my shoulder, you know, just give myself (laughs) a little kiss. A little self-love. Yes. That's so important. Um, I love working with oils. Mm-hmm. And um, flower essences, I think botanicals have such a powerful vibration. And I think they're, you know, one of their missions being here in the world is to help us heal. Um, I love working with crystals and I love ceremony. Ceremony mm-hmm. is one of my favorite things because it, it helps engage the mind, the body, the spirit, the conscious and the subconscious. You know, it helps all of our parts come together. So that could be lighting a candle, burning a sage bundle. Right. Um, it could be saying a poem. I mean, anything can be a ceremony, but I think that's one of my favorite ways to instruct clients if they want to get more involved. Absolutely. And I love all those techniques. And by the way, for EFT, for people who are curious about it, you can find a lot of things about it online. Um, I did a 
a podcast a while back with Gala Darling, who does tarot and tapping. And it's really brilliant what she's doing. She does this thing weekly called High Vibe Honey, and she'll mm-hmm. pick a tarot card and then create a tapping routine for her followers around that. Oh, I didn't know that. I know who she is and I really like her, I like her vibe. Yeah, so she's fabulous. So you should definitely check that out. Um, but she's really got some great ways of doing that. But anyhow, we could go on and on about all the shadow work and tapping and all that, but we've got to complete. So I want to thank you, Shaheen, for speaking with me today about tarot and shadow work. And where can people find you online? You can find me at my website, shaheenmiroinsights.com. And if you type that in, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And I would love to talk to all of you. So find me. And thank you for having me. Well, of course, I love having you. And this is such a juicy topic. So that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And you guys, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free introductory classes for tarot newbies, the tarot coloring book, and Shaheen and I have Tarot for Troubled Times coming out. Um, anyhow, I've got hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and lots of other good things for you to scope out and enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And hey, if you're digging this podcast, do me a solid. Head over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that's going to help more tarot-curious people find their way to this little podcast. And as always, I like to close out by saying this, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.